Hello and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International and auctionproperty.co.uk. You can find us on our weekly property show live every Sunday, propertymatterstv.co.uk, or by searching for us on YouTube or Facebook. Whenever or wherever you're enjoying the show, please get involved, add your comments in the comments section below. And if you'd like to email us, it's hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. It's also available as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from each week, of course. It's available Monday at 10 a.m. after the Sunday show on any of those big eight podcast platforms. So, Joe, after the excitement of our 101st, sorry, our 100th show last week, it is the 101st show. It's business as usual. Back to our next 100. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm going to be sort of doing a century again, you know, it's, it's like being on the cricket field. And um, <laughs> yeah, I've just done, done my first century, uh, the 100. Um, we're going for another six to start on the on the next hundred, and um, long may it continue. Um, uh, just uh, not not you know we'll, we'll we'll try and make it as as cricket as possible, as they say, um, going going forward. But uh, in an exciting uh, hundred, really. Uh, when I when I look back and, and look at all the things that we've been doing, um, and um, yeah, um, uh, hopefully our viewers and listeners have enjoyed that as well. Well, we've delayed the uh, annual. Uh, sorry, the monthly Zoopla report because of last week's show. So we're kind of doing this a week late, really. But um, it's interesting to always look at what's happening in the market. And this is the excellent research that Zoopla does every month on the housing market. And basically, the summary is that uh, demand is weakening, but not falling in the market. UK house prices increased 8.3% or £19,800 in the last 12 months. Southwestern Wales, of course, continuing to do very well. New sales agreed remain in line with last year, whilst stock levels have started to rebuild off of a low base, um, boosting choice for buyers. The average UK estate agent has 14 homes for sale, up from a low of less than 12 in the spring, which is below the pre-pandemic level of 20. Buyer demand is registering the usual summer slowdown and underperforming last year as economic uncertainty increases. Um, and we can also see when we look at this chart here, uh, this is an indication for those on the podcast of how the market's slowing down. So if you look at the black columns, you've got April to May of this year, market activity was 54%. In July to August, it's 17% on demand. Number of sales agreed down from 15 in the previous quarter percent to 13% now. New flow slightly on, up on a percent but uh, the stock uh, reducing as a result from 30% negative, 37% negative to 27%. So it's clear, Joe, that those headwinds are starting to take effect, but the market still, still seems very bullish. Yes, I mean, the market is, is, is still bullish, and, and the reason why the headwinds are, are there is this, this, this the huge um, uh, number of other things, as I call it, the cocktail is, is being put together of... Uh, uh, interest rates, combination of utility cost, uncertainties, all that kind of stuff is, is what's probably slowing it. But what is important is that it is still the best form of investment and people are still confident. So, you know, as time goes on, it has a little switch, you know, in our in our gears, in our gear stick from drive to neutral. And then in some cases, it might come from drive to maybe drop down a gear or two. And that's where we are right now. We're dropping down a gear or two before we actually land in neutral. Um, and, and, and so circumstances are going to be where people are going to think about what they're going to be doing and, and whether it is now pressing to, 
do to to purchase now or or should we wait a little bit longer what you know when when these things are settled and and the government is the real um, probably flying the ointment in this so because there is that uncertainty that unsettledness and whoever um you know is, is in will be the ones will start to sort of say right okay well now it's going to take them a couple of years to to get themselves sorted so so these are the challenges that we're going to be having really when you look at the demand for homes outside london um things things are actually weakening so there's we have a graph here at the moment between august 21 and august 2022 so you can see across there from particularly places like east midlands huge drop from august 21 to august 22 from sort of almost 50 percent down to just over 10 percent uh, in terms of demand for homes but london has has improved but you can see a year ago london nobody wanted to buy in london and it's still not really although it's improved it's still not uh, in in a, in a positive percentage because the prices are just pricing people out of the market it's suggested yeah but we we knew that we we, we go back into our, our our programs you will see that we discussed that during the pandemic period that basically the london prices and the and the the whole thing about people running out of the big city um, you know, built up areas, etc., to to go out to the the race for space. That's what shifted everyone out. But now that that time is over, you know, it's a, it's a window of opportunity for people to come back in. So London is definitely going to be the one that is going to you know be be stronger. However, it is also a you know a main city of the world. It's a it's a deciding city of the world. And whilst the the, the government has been in turmoil. That's probably part of the reason why London has got maybe some breaks on it. But I think in the next couple of years, you will start to see London excel back and if not beyond uh, everyone's expectation um, because it will get stronger and, and seriousness will happen. And yes, the, count, the, the, the countryside will continue because it becomes a different move forward. You know, historically, people were moving for social, education, um, better life country air, um, all sorts of other scenarios which were not the reasons that people moved over the last two years. The last two years was safety, security, health, not being part of the pandemic, didn't want to sit next door to somebody who was coughing and spluttering, etc, etc, didn't want neighbours. All of those things were, were different drivers. But now the drivers are, are, are back to what we would say almost the new normal because i have to say new normal because we don't know what normal actually really is anymore but the new normal is that people want to go back to work the youngsters want to go back into the city they want to actually go and rent the so all of those things are going to come back in it's a cycle it's a cycle of everything that we do we are, we are human only and we go with the with the uh, the wish of the world and the flow that we have but the flow there is is that the bright lights bright lights of london will continue to attract not just you know national people youngsters but international and even international students have been slow in coming back because they were able to do most of their studies online because the pandemic gave them that chance you know it changed the entire world so there were people who were traveling from all over the world to come to an education at one of the universities in london well they then offered them the same position and an online teaching so now they're thinking well, well actually why do i want to pack my bags and go to London, well, I can actually get the same result, 
sitting in Kuala Lumpur or somewhere else, wherever else they're sitting. Um, and, and so those things have changed and, and, and that evolved. Um, and, uh, and in a way, in a way, that's a good thing. And in a way, it's a bad thing. The good thing is it actually gives the youngsters in the country the chance to get onto the property ladder in places like London, which is are not going, which has not sort of been speedy in putting the prices up, especially over the last couple of years. So those that were smart took those opportunities and went, okay, I'll buy something in London, even though I'm not in a position you're going to live there because it's a pandemic or whatever. But that growth, if you took took that investment chart for a minute and said to yourself, you bought two years ago and, and look at the increase that's happening already, you would have had a good return already because you would have taken that step earlier, but people were shy in making that step. So as I said, it's either you're, you've got to be with it or you're either behind it or you can be ahead of it. The ahead of it is those people that think to themselves, right, this is the downturn, this is my time to go and actually go and buy or they're behind because they think I should do this and if I don't do it, I'll have to pay the price and those that never get there are going to rent. Looking at uh, that very uh, point, um, you talk about the salary that people earn. Uh, very interesting um, figures here that's been provided by Zoopla. So they've looked at uh, what's needed in terms of sort of household income to buy at 2% mortgage rates, at 4% mortgage rates and what's required for an income to rent and then they've done that across the country and if you look at London so um, the salary if you were going to buy in London on average at sort of um, a two percent mortgage rate you'd need 70,000 or thereabouts a year maybe 70 to 80,000 renting you'd need to earn really sort of 65 to rent something decent um, and then also if you do it at four percent you'd need nearly hundred and ten thousand pounds to rent um, a property, uh, sorry, to buy at 4%. So what they're saying in um, conclusion of all that is that actually all the activity or the vast majority of the activity in the market at the moment, certainly in London in terms of buyers, is at those upper end salaries, people that are moving on the bigger houses because they are not yet impacted by this huge cost of living rise. Because it is odd that we haven't seen the market slow down faster, bearing in mind so many headwinds coming in. Truth is, the people that were just about on the affordability scale have now said, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it now for a while. Um, but those at the top think, right, this is probably, I need to do this now because it's going to get worse for the next couple of years, quite possibly, so I need to make my move now. And the market is busy because it's the upper end that's trading. And what is the upper end, in all honesty? I mean, you've got to be thinking the upper end has got to be a million pound plus because the average house price or flat price nowadays is, you know, near on half a million quid um, in, in, in London and maybe sort of in the, so certainly um, the stronger parts, West London, etc., uh, Kensington and Chelsea, those sort of areas, or Mayfair. But the point is that, you know, yes, it is the upper end, the, the high salary earners, the people that are, are, are traveling, uh, business people that are there, those, those are sustaining the, the London values at this moment in time because they are, but also they're doing it, Paul, because I, I, I believe that they know that they've picked up a good opportunity because they are the ones that are uh, able to buy because of good salaries at reasonable prices during the fact during the pandemic period when things have been quiet prices haven't been going up they've stepped in so we haven't felt their 
feelings at this moment. But what we are feeling are, as you say, the ordinary guy who is he's got a you know he's got a basic salary and so forth, and he just can't afford. He's going to say, well, actually, I can't afford to buy. My income isn't sufficient enough to be able to borrow, so I'm going to have to rent. So that's why the rental market in our previous program, which we spent the time on the rental market, the rental market is very very strong because obviously there are people who can't actually now afford to buy so they're going to have to sit and wait and either you know be in a position to save or ultimately be able to go to bank of mum and dad and get support from them you mentioned also the fact that there's the reverse to what happened for the race for space so in other words um saying while whilst outright ownership accounts for one in four purchases rising living costs are likely to be increasing the proportion of houses households considering downsizing to help reduce and manage the running costs and extract equity equity from their home. We've seen the growing pressure on household budgets and the ongoing reevaluation of the home by homeowners brought on by the pandemic supporting overall sales volume. So basically, the suggestion might be that actually one way to to stay in my home and to can manage to afford it facing with increased uh, rates in terms of mortgages actually downsizing and, and and getting something more manageable might be something that starts to emerge in this next couple of years. What do you think? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And there's a group of people that will always, you know, do that and probably realise that. Um, and I, 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 when I've spoken to people, you know, on the front line, Paul, I've, I've found that a lot of people have said to me, basically, you know, didn't really realise you know, how much of a, a race in life forget about race for space race in life we are have been at and now they've had the time uh, unfortunately through the pandemic but it's certainly given time for people to sort of take stock and stop and think about and adjust their lifestyle and, and value and probably that's the the underlining is to value their life value what they've got and they turn around and say well actually do i really need this massive place or do I need to do this? Maybe I could utilize this, downsize, reduce my overheads and actually go out and enjoy and travel, which will become probably the, the next thing that will take its turn. Because the hospitality industry is the industry that has suffered the most um, and is still to a large extent suffering. But in the next couple of years, I, I, I imagine that um, that's, that's the industry that is going to do really, really well um, because people have come to um, sort of take stock in their life and think, well, actually, I would like to travel. I want to go and see different places. I want to go and, you know. So by downsizing, they're actually releasing um, capital investment money from their properties, which ultimately will end up going to their children or tax man. And they just come to a realization that this is the time for them to probably um, enjoy their life. And, and I, I listen to that a lot now. A lot of people have said that that time that they had at home, actually almost gave them time to stop and think and think, why have I been rushing around like a headless chicken, trying to do this, trying to do that, when actually I don't need to do that anymore. And that's part, been part of the reason finding um, uh, workers to, to, to do that, just not interested really. Um, and part of it is because we, maybe because we came out of the, the, um, yeah, the EU but part of it is that realization, just pure value of your own life um, has began to happen. And that will take its own cycle and toll, I think. 
And we are actually seeing record numbers this year, I've just uh, found out as well recently, that of people retiring, probably for the very reasons you mentioned. Just looking at uh, that uh, affordability uh, graph again, um, talking about London needing 110,000 to buy a home, you can see that clearly buying at 4% is vastly more expensive than renting in London. But obviously you are but getting your asset. But if you look at uh, other areas of the country, the northeast, Scotland, Northern Ireland, for example, Yorkshire, Humberside, Northwest, Wales, um, all of those areas, it's still cheaper, even at 4%, to buy a property than it is to rent. So purchasing, if you can afford to get there, on even on a 4% mortgage in those parts of the country is still a good deal. You get to the East Midlands, the West Midlands, the Southwest, the east of the country, the Southeast, London in particular, it's still more expensive to buy at the moment than it is to rent. And okay, across the UK overall, it's still at 4% mortgage, it's more expensive to buy. So what first-time buyers seem to be doing is getting on their bikes, according to this research, and looking for those affordable areas so that they can at least get on the ladder. And there is some sense in that really, Joe, isn't there? No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I've... Um... I've always encouraged the fact that wherever you can get your first uh, step, first foot on the run of the ladder, you should. Uh, and if it means that you have to go further afield to get that, then you should. Um, um, because home ownership is the ultimate way of the country. It's the ultimate way we want. And what we have to realize is that transportation has become um, uh, easier, though it may have become expensive as well, um, and perhaps uh, a little bit uncertain when we got train strikes and things like that going on. But communication has generally uh, got easier and better, um, uh, you know, more, more motorway links, better transportation, and the fact that people can work partly from home, um, that sort of um, uh, you know hybrid working life means that people can afford to travel to other parts of the country which was not available that's part of the reason the whole world was flocking to the south um because you know that's where the jobs were or that's where you know the life is that's where the buzz is but there are other great cities um in the country that are making it very attractive for people youngsters to be in those cities and and giving more attractive properties to buy um, at the end of the day, I mean, we're not a very large island. We are a tiny island by comparison to the larger world. It just seems that it takes forever. The truth is it probably takes me lesser time to go to Birmingham in a car than it does for me to go to central London. Um, and, and that's because the traffic is, is, is a killer. So it, it clearly shows that accessibility to other parts of the country is much easier and people should buy wherever they can. And there are many, many places that are amazingly affordable and even if it means you buy it and then you rent it out or something like that and move down here at least you've got some sort of place that you can call your own so i i totally applaud and encourage that the headline that grabs the attention from this report is that the extra income that a first-time buyer now needs to afford a mortgage at four percent is twelve and a half thousand pounds a year. So you're basically your salary is going to have to go up by twelve and a half thousand, or you're going to have to have a ceiling of twelve and a half thousand extra affordability to afford a mortgage at four percent than if you did before when it was two percent. Um, and interestingly, they make the point that a high proportion of today's mortgages are on fixed rate loans, and they're stress tested of course, because they had the stress test at that time, uh, up to a rate of 7%. And they believe that this has built 
uh, and baked in a resilience in the market that will limit the downside for prices in the short term. And it's only when we apparently hit recession towards the end of the year as people reassess and they also remortgage that they'll uh, realise that prices will suddenly suffer as a result. Absolutely. And and I just want to bring a point that you made there quite valid. I mean, you know, to have the increase of another 12,000 a year, the rules of um, investment and buy to let properties and home ownership are now different to what they used to be. And I remember Bob actually bringing this up and saying that you don't actually have to be a, a homeowner to start your portfolio of buy to let properties. So there's nothing stopping anybody buying properties in the north and potentially using it as an investment. And the return, the capital, the money that they make from that could quite easily go towards the extra income that they need to have to actually buy their own home back in the areas that they they, 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 they live in. And um, I, I think that's a very encouraging uh, point to have, that you don't have to, whereas before, you used to have to be a homeowner before you can actually then become a buy-to-let. Um, but I think that's a very valid, I, I certainly learned that. I, I would definitely encourage that to as many people as possible. It might be that you don't want to have your first home um, in, I don't know, the Outer Hebrides for argument's sake, but you might decide that, you know, you can buy a, a whole street um, of, uh, of properties uh, which are going to be rented and that rental income could go towards your actual income to um, uh, buy the property that you may wish to buy where you are living. So, you know, there are many, many ways that are, that are now uh, more open than they were before. And I'm sure uh, if anybody wants to take guidance and advice on that, you can contact us directly obviously at the numbers that we give you and uh, we'll put you in touch with people like Bob so that they can advise you and guide you correctly for that. But um, I think, you know, there are many, many opportunities that are, are left open still for people to buy. Gazundering has made a unwelcome return in the market, Joe. So Gazunder, bless you. And um, basically more and more houses being hit, well, house sales being hit by Gazundering, also known as price chipping. Um, and it's been unheard of in the recent market because it's been so strong and it's now back with a vengeance according to Osborne's Law, uh, a solicitor firm. They've reported a surge in the practice. Home buyers price chip by demanding money off agreed sale prices just before the sale is about to exchange, citing an issue like a survey has damp, for example, or a problem with the roof or the electrics. So people looking to get a discount based on anything that's come up in the uh, in the report. Because that's a tricky um, scenario to to deal with, Joe, and be interested to get your advice. I think that Osborne's that did the report should also have looked in the mirror and found out the part of the reason Gazundering happens is because the system that they operate is so damn slow um, in, in, in the conveyancing that it gives time for people to actually rethink and Gazunder and, um, and, and want to offer chipping of prices because they've actually got time to think that they, they should do. And I, I, I can live through real stories of that when people are quite happy to buy and get on with their life but it takes nearly three to six months for a transaction to go through and that's enough time for anybody to start to think it's enough time for any market to change we can see we can see we've talked about a hundred programs we've done a hundred pro and in that hundred programs alone Paul that market has changed from all sorts of things things that we never ever envisaged or imagined Imagine if you're doing a property purchase is the first time or you're part of a chain 
And the only reason it's not going anywhere is because your legal advisors can't make headwinds or make sense of the transaction that happens all the time and has happened for centuries in this country. Um, the simplest thing to do, but they make it the longest thing. And that gives wind an opportunity for things to change and for people to then think, actually, I need to rethink this. And, and then maybe gazundering comes in. So gazundering is, is, is a, a form of chipping. It says basically lastminute.com. You know, uh, the, the seller is in a position of, of weakness. They need to move. They need to buy. Buyer comes along and says, well, house prices are perhaps not uh, getting what they were or this needs X, Y, Z done to it. This is my window of opportunity to get the man in the corner and say, well, actually, uh, you know, I want a £5,000 discount because, um, I can't, because I can say so. And I, I, I want it. If I don't, I'll pull out. And then you've got to weigh up the situation of whether you give them a £5,000 discount exchange contracts there and then, or do you say, okay, to hell with you, um, go back again and spend maybe more than £5,000 in time and energy and process. So, but that time and energy and process, unfortunately, as much as, you know, I, I love my solicitor colleagues, they are part of the cause of that problem. It just takes forever for them to actually do the basics and it's not as if they haven't sold houses before in their life. They've sold them for years and years, just like I have. But for some reason, it just takes them forever. And that's where gazundering comes into it. Whilst it's not moral, Joe, it's not actually illegal, is it, this uh, gazundering? Um, and the other thing that people don't realise, a lot of buyers, that if they do this right just before the exchange, then they have to go back to their mortgage lender to get new documentation for the newly agreed price. Um, which of course could produce another risk to the uh, to the buyer, and of course certainly will almost certainly delay the actual exchange. Oh, it's music to my ear. What you're saying. This is the problem. What I'm trying to say is that it, it's the process that kicks the whole thing into a reverse gear. You know, if if a gazundering happens because people have had the time, what they don't realise is, as you rightly say and point out that there's a whole raft of things that actually take have to take presence in as well. Mortgages, you know, other searches might be out of date. Searching has to be done again. Uh, the new lender might say, actually, they might go back to the lender and the lender's changed their mind. They made an offer. Now they haven't got the, the situation. They might have got themselves a CCJ in between somewhere along the line, hadn't paid a bill. It's just a nightmare of, of scenario, but it sounds good at the time. And without the right guidance and the right advice, yes, gazundering will continue to happen. But what somebody has to realize is that it's not just about, oh, I'm going to drop them for five grand or two grand. They could actually end up not having a mortgage that they already got because the lender may change their mind or they change their, their terms. Their interest rate may have gone up to the interest rate they had agreed. So they might think they're kicking the the land or the sorry the vendor, you know, for five thousand pounds, but they actually might end up paying more than five thousand pounds in an increase of interest because the the lender may have changed their product, uh, and when they reissue a new offer, it'll be under new terms uh, with a reduced amount or etc. So you really got to think very very carefully and seriously of how this happens. Um, but it does sound you know good in the short term, long term. Not only do the seller pay, but you probably end up paying too. And as a seller, talk to a very good quality agent. I mean, that's one of the things where a good quality agent will be able to help you in that negotiation. 
without a shadow of a doubt. But unfortunately, agents aren't, aren't always valued as, as, as they should be. Um, and as you rightly say, a good quality agent, um, you know, who's, who's worth his weight in gold, um, will be able to advise and guide both parties, not just the seller. It's about seeing, seeing sense. But unfortunately, um, they don't get as involved as perhaps they should or they don't have the knowledge and experience, which is not their fault. They might be just starting out in the business um, and a file should go to somebody that's more senior to be able to try and deal with it. But sometimes, you know, because of the volume and what they've got to try and do, they also get to a point where, you know, if, it's, if a sale's been going on for six months, the agent also gets to a point where they think, you know what, not another issue that I've got to sort out, you know, um, and, and perhaps lose the interest as well. Um, and vendors don't incentivize um, agents and sellers don't incentivize agents. In fact, if the pair of them don't end up doing a transaction, the agent is an incentivized period because they're not going to get paid for it. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to take into consideration. But of course, you know, uh, if we can help you and guide you, 42 years plus of experience, I'm fairly certain I can give you the right directions. I mentioned retirement uh, a moment ago. More than half of people over the age of 55 are actively considering downsizing to save, on average, £63,752. According to research from retirement housing specialists Audley Villages, which collates responses of 2,000 adults and 886 people over 55, around 60% plan to downsize, expecting to gain from moving to a smaller home. Within that, 43% plan to use the money to support their lifestyle, 41% said they would use it to fund holidays, and 39% said they would use the finances to make home improvements. Around a fifth, 22% said they would use the money to help their loved ones. Regarding motivation, 60% of over 55s want to live in a property suitable for their changing needs, 49% want to cut the amount of maintenance needed for their property, and 44% want to cut on costs. Interesting that uh, maybe the pandemic has made people think this way, or has it always been like this, Joe? I think the pandemic has definitely made people think much, much more seriously about this. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. I think we've uh, all come off the track, um, or, or shall I say the treadmill that we, we've been on, um, and people have sort of, sort of taken time to sort of take stock and think, actually, do I need to be doing this? And what's in it for me? And it's a whole combination, a whole raft of things, isn't it, really? I mean, it's like pandemic. It's about ill health. It's about choice of life, style of life, what you want to achieve. All of those things are kicking. And the world has become much smaller. It's, it's available on, on, on your um, smartphone. And, and a ping comes up on a holiday. And you think, you yeah, know, I'd like to go there. And that would be quite nice. And why am I doing this? It's, 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 it's everything, Paul, that's been now sort of chucked into the mix and people take stock and think, you know what, I don't need to be on that treadmill that I've been running around forever. And actually, what am I doing it for? And more than anything else, who am I doing it for? Because at the end of the day, as you rightly say, 23% of them might help their loved ones, but a good percentage of them are going to go enjoy a holiday and have a good time out of it because that's what they want to do. Um, and, um, and rightly so, why not? They worked all their life to achieve that and downsizing mean it gives you that. I can see that smile on your face because I know you're probably one of the people who are thinking well, to help with them all. They've, they're earning their money. I'm, I'm going on a holiday, you know, that's it. And why not? And why not? That's what has to happen. So I think, I think it's, it's the pandemic definitely made people stop and take stock of their life and think and rethink. The technology that we now live with 
has made it even easier because ping on your smartphone comes up a potential break or an idea or, or something which you used to have to think about. You imagine the day, I'm sure you will definitely remember, I do, you could sit in the travel agent looking through the catalogue and brochure of wherever you thought you were going to go and then you sat there with them trying to work out where you were going to go. I mean, the whole pro now you don't even, travel agents don't exist because it's all done on, on, on the, you don't have to go to a train station to buy a ticket, you can buy it online. The whole thing has just changed. So I think, I think people have definitely got smarter and cleverer and, and actually become more, you know, self-sured about what they want to do. So I don't think this is a new, th it's a new thing. Um, but it's probably long overdue and good luck to everybody. There's a very real issue here. 26% um, say that they want to move to a better location. 21% want more money to meet the cost of everyday living. A fifth said uh, that the greatest incentive would be to have some kind of um, um, incentive. And this is a really interesting point. So to, in order to free up the four bedroom and the five bedroom houses that they bought the family up in, wouldn't it be a good idea to say reduce the stamp duty for to incentivize those people to move to something more suitable to their needs at that sort of age? Maybe even some kind of tax break from the government um, or, um, for, for them, um, you know, financial incentive from the government to encourage downsizing uh, age 55 to 65 or whatever. Um, and if you think about it, because the baby boomers are coming through now, by 2030, the number of over 65s in the UK is projected to be over 15 million, which is two and a half million more than today, almost. So there's got to be some strategy for not just for first time buyers, starter homes, but also for elderly retirement homes, but not necessarily all the bought, the, the warden assisted type things that are for later life. Yeah, the warden assisted and the saga, I mean, I, I joke about it when you sort of say, you know, at the age of 55, you now get a saga discount and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the, um, it's not, it's not the ultimate dream, is it really? It's not where you want to be. So, I think uh, the government could definitely incentivize. I think the reason that a lot of people end up staying where they are, Paul, in, 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 you know, when, I, when I've sort of spoken to them, is more about, um, I don't know, their self-esteem, I suppose, of, of uh, I've got here and I want to stay here, as opposed to I've got here and I don't want to be seen to be dropping down because I don't want everybody to think that I'm in some sort of difficulty or there's there's a, there's a moral um, obligation but if they were incentivized um, perhaps they might think of it in a different way or um, perhaps even you know being incentivized by creating an interest in the same property that they're in but they a chance for them to move to something smaller um, and so there's, 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 there's definitely some mechanism that could be brought in together to do that but i find that a lot of people tend to think that you know what well, my family's married they've gone away but i still need the space for when the grandchildren might come around and this might happen and and it doesn't always happen because I, I speak to people that never see their grandchildren let alone their children again um but in their mind's eye it is that romance of the family of saying they might come back, so I might need that extra room for when they stop over. The chances are most are going to be staying at the Premier Inn or some other hotel because they don't want to be a pain to their mum and dad or they want their own independence. 
but mum and dad still have that in our in romance in their minds and they might come back you know they'll, they'll, they'll that's their room it's going to stay there so you kind of you know so there's there's a real uh, moral issue that i think comes into it certainly from a cultural point of view i've seen that a lot and it may may be the case with a lot of uh, nationalities across the board but when i speak to people if i'm at their home or we're discussing property it's always one of the first subject that comes up and if it comes up it always says it's about you know i've left that for such and such because they might come back or either the grandchildren might have a, a sleepover and I'd want to have their room for them, etc, etc, even though you probably don't need it. And the chances of it being used is probably pretty slim. So there's a lot of moral things that come into it, I think, as well. And um, that doesn't matter how many tax breaks you get. You can't get over that one. No, indeed. It's interesting. At the beginning of the year, the government announced the creation of a housing with care task force, which we seem to have missed. I don't remember reading about that, but uh, it seems like a good idea. Although whether, of course, it will happen, Joe, in uh, in the next few weeks will be uh, will be remain to be seen. But we'll keep an eye on it as always. Joe, thank you for your wisdom as always. That's all we have time for on property matters this week. Back again next Sunday, same time, same place. Music.